start today off with some of our messages, or at least one. Maybe not. Uh, we got a message on Instagram. I finally checked it. Oh. From Alyssa, who said, I just wanted to say I love your podcast so much. You guys are doing such a great job. Well, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Um, it's good to know we're not doing terrible. I feel like you're our parents <laughs> and we haven't let you down the way that you worded it. Uh, <laughs> your episodes are getting me through studying and all the otherwise boring stuff I have to do. How the fuck do you study with people talking in the background? Right. Unless it's like math. Um, I, I, I feel like that would re- require more concentration. Yeah, like if I had to read something, which is how I consider what I consider studying to be, if I had to read something, I would not be able to listen to a podcast. No. But if it was math or maybe like art, definitely art, what do you do? What do you do? Does it say in here? Um <laughs> <laughs> I love learning about all the musicians, and I haven't found any other podcast that talks about them as good as you do. Oh, thank you. You're so funny. <laughs> oh, stop it. I like to think so. <laughs> and also, I love the Weird Al facts. <laughs> oh, here you go. Love the Weird Al facts because I know them all, and it's hilarious to find someone else who also loves Weird Al. That's great. Hey, I, I told you. I bring it in bring it in, listeners is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I recommend the Weird Al Yankovic, the complete Al movie, if you haven't seen it, which... Is that the one that Daniel Rad? That's not the one Daniel Rad. No, that was the uh, what was that called? The Just Weird Al weird. story. Weird, weird. The the Al Yankovic story or some shit like that. I got. Uh, speaking of, I need to get that. that oh yeah, this good. one's from 1985. The Complete Al. It's a mockumentary. Well, something you new. Fucking hey, stumped Jake. How's that possible? All right, so I guess we'll have to check I'll that check out. I'll check that out definitely. Anyways, today we are going to be doing another one of our. Uh, listener requests this one's from Blake and I had seen this because we have a new vinyl feature that I do on my radio show Mm -hmm. so I'm always looking at what new vinyl releases are coming out and then I'll like feature some of the different shit and I saw this Macho Man thing for record store day then Blake mentioned it and said this is my favorite like fun little fact that he released this rap album and then just like went back to wrestling and now they're releasing it on vinyl so I oh, found an okay. article on that. Yeah, Record Store Day is a thing that happens every April 20th because, I don't know, they know that she want to smoke some weed and listen to some records. But um, basically... What's that date? April 20th, 420. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So where they got that. Huh? What? I don't know. It's always on 420 and then it's always on Black Friday. So they'll do twice a year... All of these special, like, limited releases and people line up outside of the record stores. It's pretty cool. Hmm. So one of these releases this year is going, in 2024, is going to be the real uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage rap album. If you don't know who Macho Man Randy Savage is, then I bet you know who Randy Rhodes is. Possibly. This guy's a wrestler. <laughs> so, not a musician, except for this one little album. So I guess he was the first wrestler to make a rap album. It wasn't John Cena. (laughs) Uh, Has he made an album? Yeah. yeah, Really? Yeah, I think me and Cassie have talked about it before. John Cena was like, his whole persona on wrestling is he was this like white boy rapper. And he (laughs) would always have his pants down super low and wearing his backwards cap. And Mm -hmm. he would just like talk like, I don't know. It was just, it was a little bit obnoxious. And he had a rap album. And it was at the same time that this dude, Chris Jericho, who Cassie got me a book of his, Chris Jericho was in an actual like rock band or like, I don't want to call it metal, but I guess that was the idea. Okay. 
is it was some kind of metal band and and John Cena was a rapper and they were coming up at the same time and and Chris Jericho's band Fozzy was about to go on tour and John Cena was like, well, I'm a rapper. And then they had this little feud and then they both had to perform on uh, like perform one of their songs on wrestling. All right. Introduce the show, please. By the way, welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to Death by Music podcast. Of course, I am the Jake and I'm here with Alex. We already told you what we're going to talk about. So uh, just buckle up if you're in the car. (laughs) You should have been buckled anyways. Right. I forgot to tell you. I shouldn't have to tell you that. Oh, yeah. Now we're on air. We're officially on on air. The sign is on. All right. This is the real story behind Macho Man, Randy Savage's rap album. Uh, It's called Be a Man. I love that. This is from Complex.com by Chaz Kangas. And it's also from 2015. So just FYI. Well, let's learn about the album and then just know that it's being released on vinyl. On April 20th of this year. I'm assuming, uh, I had a question, but I'm assuming it's going to answer it. Like, when was it originally released? Uh, and he wasn't really, I don't think he, he was really wrestling in the 90s. He was more of an 80s guy. That's when they had all the cool wrestlers. Well, they had a no, lot of cool wrestlers. I, I watched a thing on him recently, and he was, he, he didn't, he, he left the WWF and kind of went away from his flashly, uh, flashy neon outfits and stuff and, and went to the black outfits. Oh, Lord. Uh, in the 2000s, yeah, like late 90s, 2000s, he switched sides and went over there and started playing a, you know, kind of a slightly different character and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, wow. I feel like yeah, this came out a little bit earlier. 2003. Okay. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in the article. So. It is in the article. Wow, I didn't expect it to be that late in the game. So, yeah, 2003? Only, what the fuck? Only 20 years ago. <laughs> That's crazy. I would have thought it would be way earlier than that because i didn't really see him that's when i was watching wrestling i didn't really see him yeah hmm. okay that's interesting uh okay last april one of professional wrestling's all-time greats finally got his just due macho man randy savage was a celebrated six-time world champion inside the squared circle an iconic pitch man for spicy beef sticks slim jims and <laughs> an instantly Snap to slim jim <laughs> oh yeah there we go an instantly recognizable face in cameos across all media Years after his accomplishments and his untimely 2011 death due to cardiac arrhythmia, Savage was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But while this honor and the release of his recent career retrospective DVD, Macho Man the Randy Savage Story, have reminded fans of his storied career, one mysterious endeavor of Savage's conspicuously gets overlooked. Macho Man Randy Savage made a rap album. The year was 2003, and the music industry was still coasting off of one of the most profitable years it would ever see, allowing independent labels to not only find footing, but take certain risks with the type of projects they released. St. Petersburg, Florida-based label Big Three Records, then home to classic rockers Cheap Trick, an early 2000s female vocal group M-Press, surprised wrestling and hip-hop fans alike with the announcement of Macho Man Randy Savage's forthcoming rap album, Be A Man. In a pre-iTunes era, celebrity music projects really weren't as common and required an investment substantial enough to physically produce CDs and ship them across the globe. But according to Savage's brother, the genius Lanny Poffo, this wasn't some impulse cash grab. Randy liked it, Poffo tells of his brother's interest in hip-hop. One of the most annoying things about Randy, even though he was two years older than me at the time... I, I, I want to say he was always two years older than him. That's a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> he would call me up and always introduce a brand new word I didn't know. 
He would say, true dat. And I would say, what is that? He kept up with the lingo. Okay. (laughs) So this is Macho Man doing that. He's calling up his brother. Yeah, yeah. Saying that stuff. Okay. Can you say true dat in a Macho Man voice? (laughs) Shit. Um, God, all I can think of is Slim Jims now. (laughs) Uh, True dat. I don't know. That was pretty terrible. That kind of sounded more like... uh, True dat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. An active rap fan, Savage took the challenge of making a rap album very seriously. Randy put himself into it and practiced everything he possibly could to learn the craft. He was not a halfway kind of guy. He he wasn't a half-assed. He was a whole-assed, is what he meant to say. Right. He did something or did not do something, all or nothing. He was invested thoroughly in this. Listening to the project with an experienced hip-hopper's ears shows Savage had much more than just a passing interest in the genre. With sly references to ice, to early Ice Cube, Bismarck Key, A Tribe Called Quest, and Slick Rick, it's clear the 50-year-old Savage had a strong frame of reference for what rap should sound like and wouldn't be content with just some, my name is Macho and I'm here to say, <laughs> type novelty record. Uh, Big Three Records handled the entire project in-house at their St. Petersburg facilities. While the label declined to participate in this piece, we were told that many of the personnel who worked on the project are still with Big Three. Well, that's good. They didn't get fired for doing this record. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A look at the album's liner notes shows plenty of their then-roster was involved, with the background vocals being provided either by a girl duo, Asia, or R&B outfit, primary colors oh wow i'm stupid um the only non-big three artist involved with the project is dj cool of let me clear my throat fame who joined savage for hit the floor cool the album's second single which legitimately sounds like an early 2000s club banger that just so happens to have macho man randy savage rapping on it now Uh, i'm excited to hear these fucking songs the majority of the production and co-writing work is credited to the rascals a group who doesn't seem to have released material outside of this project, but accompanied Savage during the album's promotional tours. Given the effort Savage was putting in, he expected just as much success from the project. Poffo says he was also having a bit of delusions of grandeur. He thought he was going to sell 15 million CDs, and then he was doing it as a comeback. He hadn't been on television in years. It was like reinventing himself. Okay, well that makes more sense, because I'm like, he... I wouldn't think he would release a rap album at, like, when he's not even in the limelight, right? Because you wouldn't expect it to sell. You would think he would do it at the height of his fame, which is why I thought it came out in the 80s. Oh, okay. It just seems weird. If it's not associated with some sort of gimmick in wrestling, then, like, who's going to buy it? Yeah. Because you're not even active anymore, so no Mm. one's interested. But if it's associated with a comeback, then maybe. And this, I mean, this... Seems to me it was maybe a couple years prior to the whole Battle of the Bands thing on WWE. <laughs> so probably it was yeah, decent timing, I guess. While Savage did make a memorable appearance in Spider-Man the previous year, wrestling Tobey Maguire as Bonesaw McGraw, it's easy to forget the larger-than-life character was out of the public eye for almost four years before the album's announced release date. Have you seen that? That scene in that movie? No, you have. You don't. Uh, you don't watch I superhero don't know. movies. Which one was it? Yeah. I, I seem to remember the beginning of the movie. I probably didn't stick around for the end because I I don't remember much <laughs> except for the beginning scenes. Uh, I got no clue. When it came time for Be a Man's October seventh, two thousand three release, Savage toured the country in an effort to make as big of a splash as possible. 
from local in-stores to the Mall of America. Now that he had put his all into being behind the mic, he was channeling that same energy into making sure it got seen. One of the most remembered of these appearances was Savage's Day co-hosting Nickelodeon's Slime Time Live with Dave Azer. I was always a big WWF kid growing up, Azer says. He was great. Everything we wanted to do where the kids wanted to do, he would roll for. Sometimes you meet people and you're disappointed. This was not the case. While Savage could be seen having fun with the kids, throwing pies and making everyone feel macho madness, the day also included Savage invoking the album's title, Be a Man, to directly call out fellow wrestling icon and former Mega Powers tag team partner, Hulk Hogan. While Azer thought, given the easygoing and overall positivity Savage exuded in his appearances, that tension with Hogan was all a part of the show. Savage's issues with the Hulkster, though, were very real. Be a Man, the album's title track, which the project is perhaps best known for, was the product of Savage's very real frustration with Hogan stemming from the Hulkster's appearances on shock jock Bubba the Love Sponge's radio show. <laughs> that guy got canceled a while ago, I think. I, I, I would exactly imagine what they so. did. I think what did he, he did something fucking outrageous. Maybe it's going to go into it in this article, but the story Uh-oh. I'm reading says... Uh, uh, he was Tampa Bay's signature shock jock. He made a fortune in broadcasting and an even bigger name through public feuds and radio stunts leading to real court cases, not to mention his prominent role in a Hulk Hogan sex tape scandal that brought down a major media company. Oh. Poffo says, Bubba wouldn't have a show unless he ragged on Randy, my father, my mother, myself. I never listened to it, but the Tampa Bay area is a real microcosm, and him and Hulk were buddies at the time. And Randy took a beating on the radio, and this was Randy's way of getting back. It was a reaction, not pro-action. Savage wanted his brother to support his project, putting Poffo in the unenviable position in the middle of a conflict between his brother and Hogan. Uh, the man who personally hand-selected Poffo's The Genius character to feud with him in main event primetime matches on NBC. Quote, I don't like being a part of a CD that insults Hulk Hogan. On the other hand, I love my brother, but I also love Hulk Hogan. In a 21-year career, the guy who gave me the best four months of it was Hulk Hogan, and I'll be damned if I'm going to blaspheme him on some music. But Savage and his brother reached something of a compromise as Poffo co-wrote the next... co-wrote the album's closer... Perfect Friend, a touching tribute to fellow wrestler uh, Kurt Mr. Perfect Henning, which displays Savage's best technical rapping on the album. Hmm. The world didn't seem quite ready for Randy Savage's rap endeavor, and the reviews were unkind. According to Poffo, somebody gave him a review that criticized him for the album, and I think he took it to heart. It said the album was a physiological impossibility the explanation being, it sucked and blew at the same time. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and I think he took offense to that. The negative response made Savage feel like perhaps he'd stayed too long at the dance, leading him to finish out his entertainment career by only contributing voiceover work to animated films such as Bolt and cameos on shows like King of the Hill. That's sad. Yeah. Poor guy. Fortunately, before Savage's death, he had the opportunity to bury old hatchets. I think my brother either knew spiritually that he was dying or had an actual physical symptom that he was dying. Sometimes the person knows there's something wrong. Uh, Within weeks before his death, Savage was able to meet with Hogan, something Poffo was able to put into verse during his poetic acceptance speech for Savage's Hall of Fame induction. 
When the mega powers exploded, the storyline was real. Life's too short to hold a grudge. It's time for us to heal. Well, that's sad. I feel bad for him because, like, he he's such a good sport about everything. Like, what they said when he's going to the malls and stuff and promoting the album with the kids. Like, yeah. he knows that he's this guy that everyone thinks is cool. And so if you're like, hey, can I take a picture? Can I do this? Then he's like, yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah, that would be great. And... To always be giving that energy to people and trying to entertain them and then put so much effort into this thing and then you realize that nobody cares anymore. Right. It's and, so sad. And the the other part of that is he, he I understand that he, he put a lot of himself into it and, and, and worked on it very hard, but at the end of the day, he's not a rapper. Yeah. And I think, you know, people saw that and they're just kind of like, what? is this like what are you doing yeah they're gonna think it's cheesy yeah i mean i'm I'm curious i know of this album but i've never listened to it so i, I want to listen might, to it now yeah <laughs> check it out and you know i don't have high expectations of it but it would be interesting to listen to you know i kind of want to buy it just to have it in the collection that that would be a cool collector piece honestly it is a, it's a cool collector piece and i would listen to it it's at got the a office. story behind it if and people came into my office and sat down which is where i've got my record player now they if we we're just hanging I out i was wondering like, i thought you threw that thing out you just took it to work what oh yeah i took it to work we were sitting there having drinks in my office i would pull that one out and put it on and just wait for people to notice what was playing oh, i wish i could have drinks in my office yeah you probably get in trouble though you'd probably get fired <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I'm going to read this story about... It is related. I'm yeah, gonna, we, need, we need to figure out about the, uh, this uh, radio lunch, dude. Love Sponge guy? Yeah, I want to yeah. save... Because this story looks long. So I'm going to save this one, and we'll have to talk about this in the future because technically, music related. Cool. Uh, but also, wrestling related. And you guys know we talk about both on this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Even though I never really watched it. <laughs> never really listened to. to music. Never really watched wrestling. No. Yeah. Oh, I just watched it at my friend's house, please. All right, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, let's go listen to some Randy Savage now. Let's pull it up. And you guys, rest in peace. Later. And be a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs>